0: Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 91. We are discussing the Northern Trust, the first leg of the 2019 PGA Tour FedEx Cup Playoffs. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour preview at Golf Betting System, and with me we have Golf Betting Systems European Tour expert Paul Williams. Good morning, Paul.
1: Good morning, Steve. How was your week away?
0: I should actually say happy birthday Paul Bonnell. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, they they, they get less um, interesting and exciting as you uh, That's true. As you get older, don't they? Uh, my week I away think... is
0: very nice. I thought yeah. about doing a podcast last week down in Devon and then I thought better of it. Went down the beach. Yeah.
1: yeah. Went take to take advantage pub. of the take advantage of the British sunshine while you got a chance. <sighs> you got to
0: have some you've got to have some time off Paul, haven't you? Keep staring at golf statistics, watching golf all the time. Sometimes you just need to uh, not do anything like that. Mm. Play penny charge your batteries. You got it. Shove two peas in those uh, in those things. You know, in, in in those machines. Like my son was for an hour end. Uh,
1: yeah, give him that gambling fix from the age of four. Eh? Yeah,
0: you got it. Uh, golfbettingsystem.co.uk is our website. Naturally available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Now, can I just say, listeners, if you are not a member of our Facebook group, I'm having a push on this this week. We are 21 members away from 5,000 members, and we've been building and building towards that 5,000 mark. So, if you like... um, Golf betting chat, DraftKings chat, chat about all kinds of golf tours, the LPGA, the web.com. There's a lot of like-minded individuals on our Facebook group who know far more about golf betting and DraftKings than Paul and myself. Come along, click in, uh, use the link in the description box and uh, come and join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. Let's see if we can get up to that 5,000 mark this week. Paul is at Golf Betting on Twitter. I am at Bamford Golf. Look out for the Golf Betting System YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. Again, I've put a link to that in the description. Um, this week's episode for the Northern Trust. Uh, you, uh, the podcast is available on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Audio Boom, Buzzsprout, and YouTube, plus a myriad of different pod channels. Now, we're asking for two simple things from you guys. Please take time to rate and review us on iTunes. This uh, That is the podcast currency and drives our listener numbers continually upwards, which they are. Secondly, if you are in the growing band of YouTube listeners, please subscribe and like the show. As ever, for those who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of next week's show. And we have a review to, uh, to read, Paul. This one is from Shadow46 in the United States of America. It's quite succinct great podcast five stars helps me get my lineups tightened every week thank you there you go that's from shadow 46
1: excellent stuff yeah I guess uh, you can always avoid the ones that we've put up during the course of the podcast and that will uh, certainly help to uh, to tighten up any lineup I guess
0: absolutely that's it's a it. line straight through isn't it yeah
1: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you weren't far off last week, were you? A couple of a uh, couple of shared places at the end from. Uh, Been a strange Billy old Hull. run.
0: I, I had a good. I had a good period, and then I had who got beaten by the Wolfman, mm. uh, a few weeks ago, and then last week I had. You know, you, you you track the best rounds of the day. I had, um, I think every day I had someone virtually at the top of that round that day. You know, Henley. Yep. Uh, Sabatini was on 59 watch on day one, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Uh,
1: I had Patrick now, yeah, Reed
0: finish. Patrick Reed finished like an express train on the Sunday. Mm. Um, but they just didn't string those. You know, you would get a 70 in there when you needed to be shooting a, a minimum of 67 on on your bad day at the office. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And that's the difference he, he in the. It's to- a
1: difference, isn't it? have with it with that track particularly, you've just got to keep scoring. It's a drag strip, isn't it? Strip, you can, isn't it? you can't plod along for even for one round, as you say, unless you're unless you're chipping in with a sixty one or a sixty two to to offset that round of sixty eight or seventy. But I think Billy yeah. I
0: I got two in the top six, even though there was about four hundred people that finished top six. But <laughs> So we weren't a million miles away, and it was like Billy Horshaw. He was absolutely, I think he was like 55th after the first two rounds, and then all of a sudden he goes 65 64.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he finished. You know, if you take away that um, silly three putt right at the start of the first round, wasn't it, where he, he three putted from ridiculously, you know, three, four, three, four foot, wherever it was. Um, you take that away, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's had a decent, decent week. He wasn't far off at all. We know with Billy, he likes, likes to build a bit of momentum, doesn't
0: he? He was best for putts per green in regulation, mm. best for putting average. How often do you see that about Billy Ho? Yeah. And when you when you look at these runs, you know he's a ball striker. You know he's a, a fantastic ball striker. Great from tee to green. Um, mm. w- when he has these runs, it's purely when the putter clicks. Yeah. And he's one of these guys that's always... He gets on runs, doesn't he? Yeah, he does,
1: yeah. Yeah. it builds a bit of momentum, gets a bit of confidence going. As you say, that, that really is a, a, a you know, one that sticks out, isn't it? 1.60 6, putts per Greening regulation mm. last week. First, led the field for putting, Billy horshall One to watch. For
0: I've sure. also read this week, and this is from Webb Simpson, who we know is a Donald Ross golf course design expert. Goes well mm. on any Ross design. He said when he played here in 13, I think he co-led or he was very close to the top of the leaderboard after Friday. He said, this golf course reminds me very much of Donald Ross. Mm. He said, the greens, I learned to play my golf in Carolina on Donald Ross golf courses like Pioneer's number two. And he said, these yeah. green complexes are very, very Donald Ross-like. So take what, what you will from that.
1: Mm. Yeah, it was close again, Webb, wasn't he? JT Poston, he, there was a few signs with uh, with Poston, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was a few weeks.
0: He was second in my rolling putting average tracker. And that okay. was one of the things I really had a close look at when I was pulling my tips together last week. Guys that have been putting. Because it is it is effectively a putting contest, the Wyndham. Yeah. And sure enough, the guy with the second hottest putter going in. got The only thing that I've always said about JT Poston is... For me, he's one, He's very, very flaky. He he would get close to the top of leaderboards and then completely combust. Mm. The only tournaments he had stayed in contention at, though, were all on, Bermuda, on Bermuda-type putting surfaces. So I yeah. think uh, he'd done well out of the Desert Classic and he'd also... That Harbour Town link with Wyndham is a massive link. You know, Siwoo, Kim. Yeah. I, won't, I always mention Siwoo and and Harbour Town because it always makes you an angry individual. Um Branch Snedeker. Yeah. You know, there's a hell of, I mean, even Billy Horschel to an extent. There's a load of links between Harbortown, Carolina Golf Course and Sedgefield for the Wyndham, which again, Carolina Golf Course. And again, Poston was sick this year at town Yeah. Yeah, he was.
1: Yeah. So, so, yeah, he said... I went for,
0: you know, a bigger price was, was Henley. I could have easily gone for Poston, but in my mind, Poston in, was a bit of a what I'd classify as a bottle drop. <laughs> yeah, but clearly, I, it, it, it all came together really nicely for him.
1: Yeah, you go back to the Rocket Mortgage case in point there because he was second going into the final day. He shot yeah, shot 63, three, not he? Second round to put himself in position 66 and then finished it off with a 73. So drops out of the paying places doesn't win the tournament as you say it kind of kind of puts you off opened at the barbersole with a 62 as well so that you know again some really strong signs that he's playing well um, and then kind of meandered along to finish 29th so for him to produce the 62 on sunday to win Wyndham, oh um, yeah you know well fair play to him you know cracking cracking round no drop shots for the entire four days either is a massive achievement so uh Felix cup yeah on him,
0: FedEx, you listen to this, FedEx Cups FedEx Cup rankings of those that have won the Wyndham mm. since 2013. 78th for Patrick Reid, 105th for Camillo Vigegas. Uh Forget about Davis Love, he's way out there. But then we've got Siwoo Kim, 43rd, Stenson, 75th, Snedeker, 80th, and last week, JT Poston, 83rd. Yeah. ben Ann 82nd. So there's definitely a sweet spot on those rankings. Mm. I, yeah. looking back, was too... You know, I was picking people that were in the 40s and the 50s. Um, you want to be a little bit deeper than that. So that's a note for next year. Someone that's mm. putting brilliantly, shown some form on Bermuda grass, and that season, and um, clearly is in that kind of space on the FedEx Cup where they've played some good golf this season and can make that transition to actually winning. Yeah. Be that a Brant Snedeker who's way out of position or a Henrik Stenson or an up-and-coming player. So, yeah. Brandt, uh, Webb Simpson, he, he isn't the best in contention, is he? He's got to be said.
1: Yeah. You know, I People were like getting that,
0: excited me. last week. Oh, he's a fantastic 10-to-1, 12-to-1 shot. It's like printing money. And then you think, well, he's only won one tournament since 2013. And yet again, he's right in the mix on Sunday. And as Poston and Ben Ann are just pulling away from him, he's just parring, par, 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 par. He only actually got going once they'd already pulled three or four clear.
1: He started horribly, didn't he? Was he two over through three? I think he was.
0: Doesn't shout 10 to one, 12 to one shot to me.
1: No, and his favourite going into the final day again, even though he was a shot behind, I think, wasn't he at that point? And you, know, you would expect a player in that position to to convert, but you've got to keep making those birdies on a track like that, and you can't you can't afford to be two over through three. It just doesn't work on a a layout that's uh, demanding. You make a birdie in every third hole, really. But, yeah, well done if any of you guys were on JT Post. I saw a few slips on Twitter and, uh, and on Facebook as well, 100's um, one or there and thereabouts. So, uh, top Can you work Im- if you manage to pick him up.
0: Can you imagine the price that Victor... I mean, this is... Sorry, listeners, but this is really anal comment, but you know Paul and I love our golf bag. Can you imagine the price that Victor Hovland's going to go off at in the first <laughs> web.com playoff event? <laughs> He's going to be going off at something like five to
1: one. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's, you'd expect him to uh, to go well, wouldn't you? But uh, go well. It's not always as straightforward as that, is it?
0: Uh, no. Are there any kind of? I do like those playoff events on the web.com. It's the only mm-hmm. kind of time I actually pay attention and might have a have a sneaky bet in them. Yep. Because effectively, anyone 126 and below now can actually play the playoffs, can't they? And if they get in the top 25, they get full playing rights for next year.
1: Oh, it's well worth the effort, isn't it?
0: Do you think Alex Noren will be doing that? Martin Keimer? (laughs)
1: These boys have got a choice, haven't they? Either that or come back over to Europe.
0: I don't think they'll be doing it, Paul, somehow. I think they'll be going the OWGR route. We were talking about Noren, weren't we? uh, Yesterday?
1: Yeah, he's started to show a little he bit of to fly, uh, yeah. glimpses of form, isn't he? Yeah. He's far better than he, he's performed this year. He's been. He's had a horrible year, isn't he? It's really poor. He has, yeah. Game's just not been there. And I think he's been tinkering with his swing. And, you know, sometimes these things take, take a while to, to bed in, don't they? But, um, yeah, he's just not been an Alex Norento. He's a cracking player. He's, he's a winner, isn't he? He's not one of these players who gets into contention and just kind of settles for a fourth-place finish, he, if he gets yeah. a sniff, he can win a tournament.
0: You you can't even say he didn't give the PGA Tour a, a go this year because he actually played a lot of tournaments mm. over in the States. He, he's done. He played. Has he played any on the European Tour so far? Very, very few. Yeah, no,
1: not that often.
0: He just hasn't played at all well, has he? No. And then last couple of outings, he's had like a top 13, a top 10 or something like that. He, he got himself back into the 125 for the FedEx Cup with a, was it 10th or 12th last week at the um, WGC, points laden yep. event? And then he just needs to, you know, top 25, something like that would have easily had him in into the playoffs. And he he, he just played awfully last week at the
1: Wyndham. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. yeah you can't afford to turn, can you?
0: No. It does Can't beg be the question as well. You know, you've got Fitzpatrick that's done well in the States this season. He, I would assume now that he's going to have a FedEx Cup actual spot for next year, for next season. Matt Wallace will be the same.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Kymer has got conditional status and so has Alex Noren. So they can play on the PGA Tour next season, but they won't be able to choose their own schedule.
1: Right. Because he's sitting forty fourth at the moment, Alex Noren in the world rankings. So. Yes,
0: but don't forget if you're not a, if you're not a full member, you don't accumulate FedEx cut points. So that no. that's. The, but he and Kymer still will be able to accrue FedEx cut points next year. It's just that if Noren has slipped out of the world's top fifty like Kymer has, and there is a tournament that he wants to play and that is absolutely loaded, they will prioritize everyone else over and above them. Yeah, yeah, I believe that's how it kind of works. Next year's courses on the PJ Tour. I mean, it's you know you're going to have Victor Hovland. You've got Matthew Wolf. You've got Morikawa, uh, Colin Morikawa. You've got the likes of this Charlie Danielson, who's been playing some nice golf recently. Yeah, yeah. John Chin. You've got all of this young talent that's coming through. I'm sure I've missed a couple. I apologize if I have. And then you've got Matt Wallace coming on the tour. You've got Matt Fitzpatrick coming on the tour. You know, I wouldn't want to be a journeyman PGA Tour player anymore because it is no, no, no. to keep your card. It's tough work, tough, tough yeah, work. Yeah, you've
1: got, you've got to carry on performing, haven't you? And as, as you said, for the likes of Kymer and the likes of Norren who finished what the one twenty 130th, that kind of bracket, not they? Um, it's not not good enough. You've got you've got to be well inside that. Mm. Times are changing.
0: Yeah. It is uh, it's uh, it's a very tough tour, and I, I think as the PGA Tour is clearly now the dominant tour, you know that that focus where you know the, the all of the quality players want to be on that tour. I mean, just to just to sort of go across now to the FedEx Cup to the Northern Trust, um, let's um, let's start talking about that. This kind of brings it home to me uh, when we're talking. PGA tour. The prize money is just unbelievable now. Mm. They you know it used to be oh they've won a you know they're gonna win ten million dollar bonus for uh becoming the FedEx Cup champion. Yeah and you think oh, ten million dollars that's a lot of money in it. That's now up to fifteen million this year. <laughs> $15 dollars for winning this.
1: Yeah, it's not bad, is it?
0: not bad it's better than kicking the old spuds isn't it the runner up pockets a cool 5 million dollars wow and if you um get to the tour championship so if you're in the top 30 and you finish stone last you're still picking up uh, 395k for finish finishing 30 in the FedEx Cup standings
1: mm. That's mad. Good money. Good money. And of each, course, we've got
0: the... Uh, each uh, each winner of the tournament over the next three weeks wins $1.62 million. That's gone up. There's a $9.25 million prize fund for each of the three tournaments. Mm. So, you win the Tour Championship, you win the FedEx Cup, you are almost grossing $17 million in, in Atlanta in two weeks' time. Hmm.
1: Of course, we have got this uh, scenario with East Lake, haven't we? Where the uh, the, the way that the actual events going to be structured has been turned entirely on its head, hasn't it? So the winner, the, sorry, the leader, the FedEx Cup leader, will be starting at ten under par for the tournament, whereas the person finishing or starting in thirtieth place will be starting on level par. Mm. And uh, we, we were talking again off mic about how the how the betting market will actually work for that because it's. It's virtually as if you're starting the event um, as an in-play market, aren't you? Where there's already a ten-point or ten shots gap between the the leader and uh, and last place uh, you know, when the when the first tee shot struck. So it's going to create an interesting dynamic for the well, betting uh, markets in a couple of weeks' time.
0: Okay. You know, theoretically, yeah, Rory McElroy is the FedEx Cup number one heading in to the Tour Championship? Yep, he mm. will shoot at. He will start the tournament on the first tee at ten under par. Yeah, he's going to be going off in the betting market at what four to one?
1: Well, it depends who's just behind him, but yeah, it's it, five it to one. Just like I mean, it could be if it's if it's a Kepka, it could be even shorter than that, couldn't it? It could be a kind of a two to one type position it could be anything.
0: the kind of pricing we used to see with tiger woods every week three to one yeah
1: what's the price of the, the guy sitting in 30th spot he's 10 shots off the lead from well, the it, from the get-go um for,
0: i don't know uh what so patton kas in 30th spot yes he's gonna be he's gonna be a thousand to one isn't
1: he yeah you thought so I mean, the, the the tour championship doesn't tend to have that massive a spread of Odds, because you're only talking a 30-man field, but um, this is going to completely change the dynamic of it. You know, and I I write my tip, oh,
0: you know, I'm on Brooks Koepka, I'm going 15 points at three to one. Everyone will be going, (laughs) oh, that's not a very good tip, Steve, that's (laughs) ridiculous. How can you put that up? That's a disgrace. Well, and then he just goes and wins by seven shots. Can't you come up with something better than that? (laughs) Yeah. What, what do you do? It's going to polarise the market, isn't it? Just to explain, yes. Uh, the, the FedEx Cup leader going into the Tour Championship will be at minus 10. Uh, the person in second spot will be at 8 under. The f- person in third spot will be at 7 under. And then it cascades down uh, in groups of players then to those that are ranked 26th to 30th start at even level par. crazy isn't it?
1: So you start with a 10 shot handicap over the player who's played best up until that point and is the FedEx cut leader. So yeah I, I don't know, it will, be, it will be fascinating to see how to to see if there's any any value in that market and how best to play it. Um, I, I'm intrigued to see how it will, it, will, it will work its way out in terms of betting.
0: For me it's all going to depend upon of course how the rankings are and who's in those top positions yeah because if yeah. you've got bearing in mind now we've now got a scenario listeners where the FedEx Cup has changed clearly there's this dynamic in terms of what they're classifying as the FedEx Cup starting strokes index for the tour championship this is all to simplify things Paul remember mm. yeah oh yeah it's, it's really <laughs> simplifying things isn't it with the FedEx Cup starting strokes index it's certainly simplifying things. <laughs> But what the Americans don't like, and clearly we get 50% of our podcast listeners in America, welcome to you guys, they don't like a scenario in sports where there's A, a draw, or B, more than one winner. And the Tour Championship clearly has had scenarios, including last year, where Tiger Woods wins with thousands of people walking down the fairway behind him. He's he's getting a hero's welcome. And then they go, the new FedEx Cup champion is Justin Rose. They're like, what? (laughs) But Tiger's won. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he hasn't won the overall championship. So they've clearly moved the goalpost now where whoever wins that tournament is the overall champion. And I can see the logic behind that. I can see that. It does feel kind of unsatisfactory. And this was the case. This is also the case in the European Tour, for me, when you've got John Rahm winning um, the... uh, the DP World Tour Championship in Dubai last year. But Francesco Molinari, is, uh, didn't he actually have it won virtually? He didn't even have to turn up to play that and he yeah, won.
1: Yeah, and this is, this is the, the the issue with the race to Dubai is that the emphasis and the points are so heavily weighted towards the majors and and then the WGCs. Mm. Uh, and then the Rolex Series events that sit below that. That The, the you know the, the D&D Rail Czech Masters next week, which has got a thousand euro prize pool is entirely incidental whoever wins that will not even be scraping the surface of the guys that are no. at the top of the uh, top of the, the, the charts in terms of the race to Dubai so yeah now I can see the logic um of what they're trying to achieve at the uh, at the tour championship and as I say it, it will create a very different betting market for that event and uh, uh, how you choose to play that, word, I guess, remains to be seen. As you say, you, you'll you need to see who's sitting in these positions and what the relative prices are of the players at that point uh, when the markets come out on the Monday.
0: We've got a scenario where four uh, FedEx Cup tournaments have now become three as well. So where we had the top 125, the top 100, the top 70 and the top 30 to make sure that the PGO Tour is finished before the NFL season, they've said, well, we've got to cut it to three. And that kind of makes sense as well, because you had a lot of top players over the last few years opting out of different legs, and it becomes kind of meaningless. Um, So this year, 125 starts uh, this week at Liberty National in New Jersey, although that is at 122, because Paul Casey's opted out, as Paul Casey would. Uh, just to be a little bit different. But um, you've got Henrik Stenson with an elbow injury, one for you, Paul, and Mm -hmm. Sam Burns with a broken ankle that will not be taking part. So we've got 122. That is cut at the end of this week's tournament to 70. They then move on to the BMW Championship, which is being played at Medina Country Club. That That hosted the 2006 PGA Championship and, of course, the 2016 Ryder Cup. And then from there, that's uh, we've got another 40 uh, players being completely cut out of the mix. The top 30 end up at the Tour Championship. So you've actually got some big-name players that have got to produce, and they've got to produce very quickly. Yeah. Take Bubba Watson. Bubba Watson is in 71st spot at the moment. He won't even get to the BMW Championship unless he actually does something this week.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Needs must.
0: The same for Tyrell Hatton. Same for Cameron Smith, who's been, uh, you know, he's been a major performer uh, yeah, yeah, in yeah. recent. Outing. There's a, there's a lot of reasonably good players outside of the cut line just to get into next week's second uh, playoff event.
1: Yeah, I mean, firstly they've got to make the cuts, so they're actually playing the weekend um, to give themselves a chance of improving that position or at least maintaining it if they're just inside the seventy. Um,
0: Kiridek, oh, yeah, Kiridek, Kiridek Affy Barnrat's at 76. Joachim Neiman, the Vunderkind, he's at 74. Charlie Hoffman, 73. So there's some good name players there. On the actual bubble itself, Matthew Wolf, the Wolfman. man. So expect a decent week from Wolfe. Uh, Jordan Spieth is at 69. Mm-hmm. If he misses the cut this week, he's gone. In fact... Yeah. I would suspect if he doesn't have a very strong finish full stop, he's gone.
1: Well, yeah, there's, what, 55 players behind him, or 56, whatever the number is, who yeah. just need to improve on his position, and um, they're going to be relegating him outside that top uh, top 70. You've got Abraham... There's a An- lot of movement.
0: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of movement. There's Abraham Anser at 67. I mean, he's going for a President's Cup spot. He's very, very close, so... There will be some internationals that feature this week. I would not be surprised to see Answer somewhere there. Sergio Garcia is at 65. I'm going to I'm going to call him I have a new nickname for Garcia. I think I'm going to start calling him the Incredible Hulk because of his uh, attitude. He needs, you know, I don't know if Garcia can be bothered full stop or, whether, you know, but he, he needs a decent result. Otherwise, he's he's not going to be involved. And, and when we're talking about the millions of pounds we're talking about here, I would have thought, you know, it does motivate a lot of these mercenaries to actually, you know, do something.
1: Yeah.
0: Poulter's at yeah. 60. Uh, RCB's at 59. Keegan Bradley, 58. Ben Ann. There's some very good golfers. Who are in danger of only playing one tournament in the FedEx Cup playoffs?
1: Where do you think the safe line is? It's someone who's kind of 40, 45th is pretty pretty much okay already and oh, it's got to be in that kind of brand, isn't it? I wouldn't want to be
0: in Garcia's spot, 65, you know, bear no. in mind the, no. the 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 as well as we've got only three events now, um, we've only got 2 to qualify for each Lake. we've also in a scenario where the winner of the event gets 2000 fedex cup points as opposed to 500 in a normal yeah, tour. Yeah, and that nice of course place. yeah that of course goes down the actual finishing ranks. So if you're finishing in 5th 10th plot spots you can make huge jumps. And that's a big carrot for a lot of these lesser known players or players that have struggled so far this season. Yeah. Uh, I'd be surprised if anyone South of sixty is going to get booted booted out of that top seventy. I I reckon around about that. I don't know. See Grio's at sixty two. I could see seven or eight players sort of potentially moving out of that 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 top seventy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So in effect, then there's fifty odd players who are battling out for ten or.
0: Ten or maybe fifteen spots tops, really, isn't it? It's like um, Peter going. Peter going. Oh, Jordan Spieth this week. Oh dear, he's he's so tempting. Oh, 55 to one. I've got to crack on. Well, he's 69th in the FedEx Cup for a reason. Mm. Uh, we're not really dealing with the same Jordan Spieth from twenty fifteen here, are we? No, no, no. no. In fact, before, yeah. I don't think. I don't think. If you're actually going off what he's p- produced this year, fifty-five to one's short, in my opinion. Mm.
1: Don't you think? Yeah, there's a few in that bracket, isn't it? Jason Day's fifty to one. Patrick Reed fifty to one. How Keachon, differently
0: has one. Jordan Spieth played in terms of results to Bubba Watson this year? And Bubba Watson is a hundred to one this week. Jordan Spieth fifty to one. I mean, that's just purely a name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Bubba needs to do something, and Bubba he he actually showed some reasonable form at the St Jude, didn't he? He was hanging there or thereabouts. And then did he? Yeah, he these of, players he, can,
1: he they can't. They can't find it again quickly, can't they? they? Something something clicks, and away you go. You know, this is well well class players. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not tripping over myself to to back Jordan Spieth despite the despite the price that's out there at 55s with a few biggers
0: we have got players of the Ilka Branch Snedeker Phil Mickelson uh, we've got Jason Day he's at 40 in the rankings Billy Horschel um, Siwoo Kim Adam Hadwin JB Holmes Kevin Nahr uh, Patrick Reed, Louis Oosthausen they're all outside the top 30, they won't be going to Eastlake mm. as it stands.
1: Yeah.
0: And then in the top 30, you've got the likes of Sung Kang, <laughs> JT Poston from last week, Scott Piercy, Ryan Palmer. Um, You know, you've got players in there. Charles Howe III, he's ensconced in 15th spot. There's no way he's not going to Eastlake. So you've got some big big names that aren't going to be in the big showdown this mm. year.
1: Yeah, unless they can go win-win or very close to over the next uh, mm. next two weeks.
0: It puts a really interesting dynamic on it, I think.
1: Yeah, no, it does. Hideki
0: Matsuama is on the bubble at the moment, 30th spot. No, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Mm. So yeah, I'm looking
1: forward to it. Yeah, it should be a good, exciting three weeks, isn't
0: it? It should be, it should be, and then of course we move on to some really good events on the European tour. So um, mm. it, this 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 kind of late summer into early autumn segment has got some very good betting events, in my opinion, some very good yeah, tournaments.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah right. The European tour definitely will pick up the mantle oh, yeah, after that. Definitely,
0: Liberty National Golf Club, Jersey City, New Jersey. Uh, so it's on I'm just doing my uh it's on the west bank of the um of the Hudson River e- effectively. As you said to me off mic earlier this morning, very exposed, which it is. Mm. Apparently it's two thousand yards from the Statue of Liberty. It's amazing the Yeah, you can of, see it from
1: some of the holes, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's amazing um, what you read. Um I've just found a fact sheet that's quoting Uh, Pure bent grass greens. They are G2 creeping bent grass. The actual size of the greens, though, are smaller than I have put in my preview. So I I know the preview will get updated. The greens are quite a lot smaller than I than. Um, the data i was using was from 2013 it's amazing how quickly the data seems to be uh, or age or be completely incorrect when they actually published it in 13. we're actually dealing with greens that are 4600 square feet on average in size and that is t- that is small that's very small actually
1: yeah i remember seeing some of the quotes saying they were small but that, that that's i mean it's not down to pebble beach standard but it's it's, it's moving towards that direction it, it
0: is it's kind of a few steps up from Pebble Beach and Colonial and from Harbour Town, but not by by a great deal. So if you are not striking your irons, your approaches very well, you are going to struggle because you're just not going to be making a lot of green surfaces. But if your iron play is top rank and you are driving the ball particularly long and particularly straight... This is the kind of golf course that you can take apart. Because if you're actually finding putting services, you've got relatively short putts. Now, in 2009, when they played this golf course for the first time, Liberty National, it got an absolute slating. Nine under won it. Heath Slocum, 250-1. to one. But the pros didn't like it. It was too tough. The greens were far too severe, blah, blah, blah. So they sent in Steve Vensloff. Who is basically he heads up the PGA Tour in their design capacity? They've got a design yeah. studio. He was sent in there, make the golf course a bit easier. Effectively, was the brief. Well, that's the brief I would classify it as. I'm sure it was far more complicated than that, but that's what they've done. They've made the course easier. So the 2013 renewal and also the Presidents Cup setup that we saw in 2017 is the new Wensloff Reed design. And the one of the main changes was they made the fairways a lot wider, and they also made the greens a lot less contoured. So in twenty thirteen, uh, the golf tournament was won by and um, Adam Scott, and he won at eleven under. So still quite a technical score for PGA Tour, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Certainly
0: not a birdie fest. No, no, no. Look look through the wind reports, and it was gusting over 20 miles an hour, though, for three of the four days. Mm. They also had graduated rough that started at an inch and went to four inches. So if you're in the thick stuff, you're in trouble. But even in 2013, on a couple, you know, we had a 62, I think it was, yeah. from Kevin Chappell. Nine under. We also had a 63 and a 64 from Keegan Bradley and also from um, Gary Woodland. And if you just think about those players, Gary Woodland, Keegan Bradley, Kevin Chappell, all went on form. Brilliant drivers of the golf ball. Kind of players that can actually... They're not addicted to the driver. They don't mind... Going down the clubs, but they still got the power to get it out there, three hundred yards and straight. Yeah, and also fantastic iron players.
1: Yeah, well, so if you you look at the top, well, five finishes that that year: Adam Scott, Graham Dele, Graham DeLette,
0: Oh, Graham DeLette, Justin
1: yeah. Rose, uh, Justin Rose, Gary Woodland, Tiger Woods. I mean, Woodland, Rose, Dele, Scott. You know, they 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 all fall into a very similar category. Ball they?
0: striker city, isn't it? Total driving Absolutely. ball striker city.
1: Yeah,
0: doesn't feel like Jordan Spieth.
1: No, no, it's, it feels like it, well, yeah, it needs to be a, a very <laughs> accurate, uh, good ball striking week from from a Jordan Spieth, which uh, it's not always his game, is it?
0: Now as ever, bearing in mind you know we don't know these things early on in a tournament especially when they're going to a course that they don't regularly play um we don't know what the brief was for this year's tournament but I have read on um, a fact sheet this morning which became available overnight that the graduated rough may not be in play this year it could be just one and a half it's been categorized As one and a half inch um, rough. So it's Kentucky bluegrass, but they're saying it's basically been bladed to one and a half inches.
1: Right. That's not going to be particularly penal at all, is it?
0: No. So it could be a bit more grip and rip, Mm. if that's the case. But for me, in my mind, I mean... The amount of rain that they've had in this this part of the world is immense over the last three months. If you go back to the start of June, the amount of rain that's fallen on uh, around this area is significant. You know, I mean, I look at this every week, and these this number actually grabbed me: 549 millimeters of rain. And normally, I, when I look at this number over the last three months, that can be as short as I don't know, 120, 130 in certain areas of the United States. That's a lot of rain. 84 millimetres of that fell last week. So I'd be amazed if they turn up and those fairways are running firm and fast. It's just not going to happen. I think we're looking at a very lush golf course this week, and there's a forecast that it's 50 to 55% that it's going to rain overnight, could be that Rory McElroy rain dance that he does on a Wednesday. Please Wednesday, make it yeah. soft. Please make it soft. Um that could happen on Wednesday night. So they could they could turn up at a very lush, soft, receptive golf course on Thursday morning. The other thing that I did note, and it seems to have stiffened slightly since I wrote the tips yesterday morning or yesterday afternoon. The wind doesn't look like it's going to be as strong as it was in 2013. And it doesn't look like it is going to be as strong as it was for the President's Cup here. Because even the President's Cup, they reckon it was howling 25, 30 miles an hour across yeah. the bay. So for me, I think that 11-under, think about it. Rough won't be as penal, potentially. Soft the golf course, less wind. I think that we could be looking at something up to 17, 18-under winning this.
1: Yeah, it kind of sniffs of a lower score, doesn't it? Certainly not nine, 10, 11 under, which from the two stroke play events that you've mentioned. I
0: I categorise that as a technical level, you know, when we're talking Mm. high single digits around that area. Um, It ain't going to be that this week. It's going to be scorable. And that kind of changed the way that I thought about who I was going to select, especially at the top, because I've only gone for three this week. Mm. Um, that's kind of where I got to. The other interesting facts um, that I'll throw out there for listeners, in terms of the FedEx Cup playoff rankings of players that have won the first event. If we go over the last five six renewals, so entering this tournament, FedEx Cup ranks eleventh. 62nd, that's a complete outlier. That was Hunter Mayhan. I was actually on him that year. 11th, 62nd, then 2nd, 7th, 4th and 9th. That's been the ranking of the player in the FedEx Cup when they've won this tournament.
1: Mm.
0: Pretty precise, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, a lot of correlation there. So, so you know, ooh, that's bloody obvious though. Well, someone that's clearly been playing some nice golf. Um, I don't see that overly changing on the basis we've now gone from four legs to three. I would, I would, assume, you know, the top, the the, the the boy, the boys that are in great nick, the guys that clearly think they've got a chance of winning this, will be thinking, I want to have a very fast start and guarantee myself being in that ten under or eight under position starting the Tour Championship.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's not much scope for a slow start, is there? Yeah, well, it's this week or next, and that's your position.
0: In terms of this Northern Trust tournament, which used to be called the Barclays as well, I thought this was an interesting angle. Eight of the past nine renewals have been won by players who had previously won or had previous upstate victories on the PGA Tour in North America. So players that had won on Bent Grass or Bent Poana Greens in the north, northern United States. So mm-hmm. I would include in that Illinois, Wisconsin, around that area, and then of course across through to the Northeast.
1: Yeah.
0: The only player that didn't have that victory was Patrick Reed in 2016 when he won at Beth Page Black. But Reed had done well at tournaments already like Firestone, where he'd finished fourth, fourth at TPC Boston. He'd also finished ninth in uh, he was also ninth uh, in the pre, uh, the uh, Barclays that had been held at Ridgewood the year before, I believe. So, you know, he, there was something in there that said he played well in the New York area.
1: Yeah. So he wasn't
0: a complete outlier. Patrick Reed was also f- um, fighting and fighting hard to get into the Ryder Cup that year. And I think that's another angle that's got some, hold some water. Like Bryson DeChambeau last year, he was um, never going to make the automatic spots. He was fighting for a captain's pick to get into the Ryder yep. Cup. Turns up, wins hundred to one. The average price of winners of this tournament going back to twenty ten, if you average it out, it's around about the forty to one mark. Mm. So yes, Jason Day won the PGA Championship. In fact, he won the RBC Canadian Open, didn't he? Then he won the PGA. He then came here and smashed the Barclays at ten to one. So if yeah. you're thinking Brooks Kepka's gonna do exactly the same thing this week, I would not persuade you any differently. It can be done. Yeah. Uh, and if Kepka turns up with his mental game saying he wants to win, when you look at this golf course and you look at the way that Brooks plays his golf, long, fairly straight, brilliant ball striker, he could take this place apart, couldn't he? Mm. Not yeah. that he couldn't take any course apart.
1: Admittedly. No, no, I think he could, he, could, he could win. When his game's on, he can win anywhere on any course.
0: But you're tossing a coin with Brooks, aren't you? Is he going to be Brooks Kepka from two weeks ago, or is he going to be Brooks Kepka from the 3M Open?
1: Yeah, and where's, where's the big target for Brooks? Is it now performing, getting in position for Eastlake, and then peaking at Eastlake in two weeks' time? Um, he, he won't want to put himself in a worse position from from this week but um, I think if you're going to try and you're going to try and peak for that week of Eastlake and you're kind of building up to it over this week and next
0: Um, well if you're Brooks Koepka if you're Brooks Koepka or Rory McIlroy they're the top two in the FedEx Cup playoffs right now in standings for the season are those three going into are those two players going into this thinking they can win all three tournaments now, Rory, when he gets hot, he's, he's done that in the past. A few years ago, mine.
1: Yeah, it's a big undertaking though, isn't it? Three consecutive weeks. It's not even as if there's a week gap in between um, as there has been in previous years. Against it's, the, it's best the, the, yeah, yeah. the best players on
0: the planet. Yeah, in fields with the best players on the planet.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of mental and physical exertion over the course of three weeks for, for a top player
0: so this is it does Kepka arrive here thinking I'm gonna smash it this week I'm gonna win this I'm gonna guarantee myself that 10 under spot yeah. or does he say well actually I finished fourth at the open championship I won the Saint Jude Invitational in you know in from a world class elite field I'm now gonna have a bit of a I've had a rest I haven't done any practicing I'm gonna take <laughs> I'm gonna take it easy this week Build my game up and then I'm going to smash Medina next week which I smashed in the Ryder Cup a few years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And being tip-top form to uh, to see it through at Eastlake. Mm,
0: don't know. We won't know until Thursday, will we?
1: No. <laughs> it feel, That feels more plausible to me than than seeing him go out and win, go win, win, win or, or contend, contend, contend for three consecutive weeks or even win this week and then foot off the pedal next and then back to back to it at East Lake, it feels more of a more likely that it will be a progression over the course of these three weeks. But he's a bit of a law to himself, isn't he, Brooks, so yeah, if you fancy the eight to one, that's a reward, should he come out all guns blazing this week.
0: I've got to say I sat there for a good thirty minutes and had a serious thinker jet about just banging Kepka up five points the win and cu- picking a couple of longer shots. Yeah but firstly my win only um results are absolutely shocking ever since i started doing this i think mm. the only one that's ever come in for me was tiger woods when he used to go for 3 to 1 <laughs> to win them at and, and all this kind of stuff um so that kind of put me off uh, it, it just it, there's quite a few um scenarios there which we we can't be absolutely 100% precise about mm. But in my mind, if he has a week off this week, I think next week he's pretty much a must back because he will need
1: to perform next week. Yeah. To get, so as you say, Medina, given given that uh, given the Ryder Cup performance, yeah. it seems. Then to, again, uh, to be and be this right this is down. it,
0: Paul. And I I read this from his post. WGC victory 2 weeks ago in his um you know in his victory com- uh, press conference he yeah. even said in that press conference he said clearly winning the FedEx Cup is a big aim for me i just want to make sure that i'm positioned in the top you know the top positions entering he used positions plural entering yeah. east lake cuz i think he knows that you know if he's sitting there at that 8 under mark the two players that are sitting at ten under sorry at that seven under mark, starting at Eastlake, the two players that are starting at ten and eight under, they're just going to be looking over their shoulders, thinking, Oh shit, I've got Brooks Kepka a shot behind me. I've got Brooks <laughs> yeah. Kepka three shots behind me. It's true though, isn't it?
1: Breathing down your neck from the very first hole of the tournament. Because not just the back nine on
0: Sunday. I think Kepka's got to that point now where there's intimidation factor.
1: Hmm. Don't you? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, I'm not saying he's in Tiger Woods' mold at this point, because he isn't. But, you know, Rory McIlroy and him went head-to-head at the St Jude Invitational. um, And, you know, what happened? Rory started playing par golf, (laughs) uh, where he'd been shooting 63 the day for. And Kepka just, uh, you know, birdie, birdie. And away he went. I think the very best players in the world are in they're intimidated by Kepka. When they know that Kepka wants something, yeah, you know, he's a hard man to beat, isn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think they know that when he's when he's on his game, there's not a great deal they can do. Um he's he is that good. And it's just whether he you know whether he really wants that particular event, whether he's whether well, that's his focus of that particular week, and that's that's effectively what you're gambling with at the moment, isn't it? Is it? Is he is he going to want to come out and win that tournament, or is it just part of a part of a warm up routine for something that's bigger and better further down the line?
0: I uh, I find it's a fascinating scenario. I think the way that this has been built, the way that we're going to see changes, um, you know, you're trying to work out, and and that's a dangerous game. And a lot of people are saying, well, you shouldn't even try and work it out. Um, But there will be some players turning up this week and Brooks could be one of them that actually says you know what I've kind of had some downtime. I haven't picked up a golf club since I won in uh, Memphis I'm going to use this as a tournament that just starts me ticking over again because if I can get into the top three or four heading into East Lake where I'm going to give it my full 100% major championship focus I'll win the tournament anyway
1: yeah
0: so anyway I haven't backed him um my first per the first player that I have backed this week on a golf course that I think will suit him and a scoring total that will sort suit him is John Rahm
1: yeah
0: now you yeah, were all over easier, him at the it? open weren't you
1: yeah, 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 and he's, he he's he's close, isn't he? He was close. Just a couple of shot himself in the foot a couple of times at the start of the round at the Open um, on the on the Saturday and the Sunday. But other than that, there was some, there was a lot to like. There was a lot to like.
0: But I think ultimately the scoring at the Open was far too technical for him, wasn't it?
1: Mm, yeah, yeah, he likes it a bit easier, doesn't he? He, he needs to be needs to be, needs to see those red numbers in his card to keep the momentum going and keep keep the confidence flowing keep his interest levels up I think
0: I just think that the scoring level this week is going to be of his ilk you know anything 15 16 17 or even lower than that and that really starts to that starts to shout John Rahm to me it really does now All being the same in Love and War, you've already mentioned this about Strokes going tee to green and the likes of Justin Rose, who was runner-up here. Um, Clearly Tiger Woods, Steve Stricker going back to 09. Um, There's some key stats there that really do come out from that group. Um, I'll just read this out from my preview before we move on. Linking Liberty winners Heath Slocum, Adam Scott, isn't that easy. But what is clear is that Slocum ranked 12th on the PJ two, and Scott ranked 7th for ball striking in their respective seasons. They won here. Runners-up Tiger Woods, Graham Dillette, as you mentioned, Justin Rose, are, all, all, are also extremely prominent in those ball striking numbers. And not wanting to be classified as a statistical dinosaur, because, you know, we need to use strokes gained information, Strokes gained tee to green from 2009 and 2013 is also an intriguing angle. 2009 saw Tiger Woods, Steve Stricker, and Ernie Els all finish runner up to 250 to 1 shot Slocum. They ranked first, second, and fourth for Strokes gained tee to green that year. Wow. 2013 saw 16 to 1 shot Adam Scott triumph with Justin Rose and Tiger Woods amongst the runners up. Respectively, they ranked fifth. First and second for strokes gained T to green that year. Quite strong correlation. Strong correlation, isn't it? So, shall we read out strokes gained T to green? Rory McElroy at one, Justin Thomas at two, Patrick Cantlay at three, Dustin Johnson at four. We've then got Matsuama at six, Scott seven, Benny Ann at eight, Brooks Kepka nine, Corey Connors at ten. Uh, And then just outside of that, Fleetwood, Woodland and John Rahm. Mm. Interesting.
1: Yeah, well, if those two renewals here have any, any credence from that stat, then potentially that winner that you're talking about is going to come from that top end of that stat.
0: If you're looking at balls, if you're looking at total driving, another number that I like here, even though it's a dinosaur number, according to plenty of listeners and people who, who comment on YouTube, Gary Woodland's currently at two, Deshambo three, Sepp Straka at five, uh, Dan. Uh, we got Brooks Kepka at eight, Charles Howell third at nine, with Jason Kochrag, who I know you're sweet on, Louis Oosthausen, Corey Connors, and John Rahm and Keegan Bradley. So I just think Rahm he's been there or thereabouts. Can you believe he's had ten top ten finishes this year?
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's been good, consistent golf, hasn't he? Big win he, over in Ireland as well.
0: He sits tenth in the FedEx Cup ranking, so that 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 relates very nicely to those numbers we were running through a few minutes ago. And I just think you and I were very and Barry were very, very sweet on him for the open. Uh, he won, as you said, at Lahinch. Hinch. Uh, he then, he, he'd, he'd come from second at Valderrama, third at the US Open at Pebble Beach. I think the weather completely threw him in terms of his Open Championship challenge. He bounced back quite nicely last week, at Saint, uh, two weeks ago at St. Jude, where he was the uh, leader after round one, then just kind of stalled a little bit, didn't he? He actually played his best golf at St. Jude when the course was at its softest. Um, I just think that Rahm is the kind of player that could just pop up this week and get the job done. Uh, a kind of scoring target that would be absolutely perfect for him. If you want a player that plays... I couldn't believe this in our predictor model. Bearing in mind that he hasn't played for five years and the, and the numbers that we throw in that predictor are a rolling five-year number. He sits That's fourth good. on the predictor this week for coastal golf performances.
1: Yeah, he does like a, an exposed track, doesn't he? And uh, just, as you say, eyeballing Liberty National looks very much the kind of... You know, it's, it's, it's not Link's track, is it? We know that. It's it's one of these coastal exposed set-ups. But, uh, it's, yeah, it's, when it's scorable, that's the kind of track that's right up his alley, I must, I must admit.
0: Top five finishes at Kapalua, Torrey Pines and Pebble Beach over the last few years. He just absolutely thrives by the coast, Two Irish open victories, one at Port Stewart, one at La Hinch this year, clearly Lynx golf courses. I know this isn't Lynx, but it's basically a golf course which is going to be scorable by the by the coast. Um that open Despana de win that he had at Centro Nacional de Golf also had very Lynx like course characteristics to it. I know it was inland in Madrid, but the view of it, there was plenty of long kind of fescuey grass there. The greens were tiny and particularly fast from memory. I just think that Rahm is the kind that will win this. And the way that he's been driving the ball recently is outstanding. First for total driving at Valderrama of all places, La Hinch, and also TPC Southwind last week. He was second, second, and first for ball striking across those three same tournaments.
1: Hmm.
0: He's hitting greens for fun, mate. Yep. So yeah, um, only his third FedEx Cup playoff challenge this this uh, year. Only his third when he actually um, played it for the first time. In the FedEx Cups, uh, he was third at Glen Oaks uh, in New York State at this tournament, fourth at TPC Boston, fifth at Conway Farms, then seventh at East Lake. I just think Rahm has got a big, big victory in him.
1: Yeah, no, his, his, his playoff record's good, particularly when you're talking those results and the fact that even though this field's been dropped down a little bit, you're still getting up to eight places each way with some of the bookies over in the
0: yeah. UK. Yeah, so. don't forget he won the DP World Tour Championship as well year before last, was it? Where you know, <laughs> Again, another one of these situations where the very cream of the crop on a, on a tour are fighting it out at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, and another exposed track, you know. There's, there's a lot of correlation there, I think.
0: Now, I know you said t- to t- me off, Mike, you're not overly um, confident when it comes to the top of the market. What is your view, if you're looking at the short prices, from your own personal perspective?
1: If I was going to pick... I, I, I do like I do like the Rahm angle, by the way. Um, if I was going to pick another one, it would probably be Justin Thomas. Um, but... I I struggle. I'm struggling at the top of the market. I mean, Thomas has got a good record in this, and you talked about the Strokes going to to green number, and he sits second in that stat behind Rory for the season today. Um, I backed him last time out at um at the uh, at St Jude, and he finished twelfth, which is a little bit disappointing, really. Um, since he's he's started to pick up his what was his lacking, putting.
0: what was lacking at St Jude with Thomas. From you know, you you were clearly watching a lot of him because you had money on him.
1: Yeah, I, I think we, we know that since he's come back from this wrist injury that his putting just hasn't been quite good enough to, to get himself over the line. And uh, I think, actually, when you, you when you correlate that to this tournament this week, um, it's going to be far more about how he's striking the ball from two to green. And we know he's been striking the ball fantastically from two to green since he came back from this injury. Uh, it probably doesn't need a fantastic putting performance to to uh, to get him over the line um, I'd seen enough from the weeks before the uh, the Scottish Open and the Open Championship to give me some confidence that he could uh, he could put well enough at St Jude to get the job done but he didn't really It just, it just wasn't quite uh, wasn't quite there but perhaps this week that won't be the emphasis perhaps the, perhaps the emphasis will be more on T to Green excellence gaining the shots from T to Green and uh, and converting Early opportunities when they come along that way. So yeah, if, 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 I haven't backed him. But if there was one at the top of the market, um, it would be Justin Thomas, I think, for me.
0: There were four I looked at in this area: Ram, Thomas, Rose. When I say looked, a good hard stare. Ram, yeah. Thomas, Rose, and Cantley. And I pumped for Ram and Cantlay. Mm. So make of that what you will. Thomas, two two upstate victories, and he won at TPC Boston. The other one at uh, Firestone. So, yeah, Yeah. that ticks that box. My only thing that I was concerned with with Thomas was his actually, was his driving. They weren't, when you looked at Heath Slocum and when you looked at Adam Scott before they won this, they had those total driving numbers that were, because they didn't have strokes gained numbers back then, yeah? So, I I looked very much at um, strokes gained, or not strokes gained, I looked at total driving. I'm just, I'll read you out Scott's while I'm, just mumbling here. Um, Adam Scott in the build-up. Um, he had, like, uh, Firestone, he was 6th for total driving, 14th for total driving at the British Open. He was 12th at for total driving at, AT and, AT&T National. So he was hitting the ball fairly straight, and he was hitting the ball long. Um, I just didn't quite see enough from Thomas that gave me the confidence to go with him. I mm. don't know. That's the only weakness I could throw at Justin Thomas.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at his raw numbers for St. Jude, um, clearly his T green game wasn't as strong as it had been in some previous weeks as well. So, I uh, don't It's a difficult one, isn't it? We know with these players that they can find that form and, uh, you know, can, can pick it up and, uh, you know, yeah. contend again pretty readily.
0: If he drives the ball well this week. And you got to say if the, the if the rough is lower than it we thought it was going to be, that helps t- Thomas. I we we've been saying this for a while. Thomas is the kind of player that is hungry right now, and I could see the logic why you backed him. We said this in the podcast two weeks ago. He's hungry for a victory. He's the kind of guy that will just come up and snap this up. A big tournament, get himself straight into the mix for the actual FedEx Cup as well. That's got to be a huge aim for him after quite a disappointing season. By his very, very high standards. So, yeah, I could see Thomas going
1: very well. I went with Cantlay yeah, in the a... end, 22 to 1. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, it's difficult to. There's a, there's a 10 or 12 at the top of the market you could make, build a pretty robust case for, isn't there? Mm. yeah, Cantlay's one of them.
0: I just think he's 8th in the President Cup rankings right now. He's on the bubble. And. I'm pretty certain he'd probably get a captain's pick but he's got people like Tony Fee now Phil Mickelson um he's also got um I'm trying to think there's a there's a couple of a uh, Bubba Watts not Bubba Watson, and that's not that's not that is not right in any way shape or form. Uh who's he got behind him Cantley? Yeah, Ricky Fowler, Tony Fee and Gary Woodland right up his exhaust pipe in terms of automatic qualification. You sometimes get these little you know, the, these bounces. Webb Simpson has just sorted his game out and he's now got into the into the automatic spots all of a sudden. Mm. I just think Cantley's the kind. Um, if you're talking overall numbers this season, third for strokes going tee to green. So Thomas is two. I've gone for Cantley at three. He's 11th for strokes going on approach, 11th for strokes going off the tee, third for scoring average. I just think this golf course um, will suit him. 10th at Glen Oaks in 2017 at this tournament, 8th at Ridgewood last year in 2018. I'd really think him and Thomas, if you if you back both of them this week, I don't think you're going to be a million miles away.
1: Yeah.
0: I cannot see a scenario where at least one of them seriously isn't in the mix this week. So maybe yeah, you just, back, maybe same, you just yeah. back both.
1: As I say, with the each way terms as well, you're, you're getting a... A, a decent chunk of this field that have been covered by eight places if you can snaffle a price with uh, with one of the firms offering eight. Hmm.
0: That's where I've gone then. So I've gone Cantley, I've also gone John Rahm and then at a slightly bigger price I took the 50 to 1 on Billy Ho who hmm. I think he's the sort isn't he that just he, he kind of peaks at this time of year.
1: Yeah,
0: and he can hold his form as well, can't he, Billy? Hmm. 17th and 3rd for total driving across TPC, Southwind and Sedgefield the last two weeks. That translates in new money to 14th and 5th for strokes gained off the tee. But the eye-catching phenomenon with Billy Ho is his putting. 13th, 19th and 9th for Strokes game putting over the last three United States outings. With Webb Simpson describing Liberty National as having Donald Ross-type greens, I can again see Horschel being very prominent at the top of this week's leaderboard because, as we know, Billy Ho, he does rather like a Donald Ross design. Clearly a winner at Eastlake and very, very good records at the like of uh, likes of... Um, uh, um, Sedgefield last week which again is another Donald Ross design yeah that's the one I plump within that middle range I know you're yeah. going to say as well you're going to you're going to tell, tell go on you might as well tell me yourself go on you, lo- well, no, you, well, you I, love him
1: I, 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 I'm on Horschel I think Horschel was the first person I backed last week, oh, this week as well so I was on him last week I'm on him this week And you know apart from that Silly three putt early on last week. Um, he he looked really good, didn't he? And um, as you say, his putting average, putting performance was really strong. And if he finds that long game as well, which we know he can, you know, he's a very good total driver. He's still third for total driving last week, so it's not as if his it's not as if his long games collapsed, is it? it? Horshaw. very very close.
0: Horshaw is the kind of guy. You know when he won this a few years ago. Mm. It sounds incredible. But he, he performed by finishing second at TPC Boston, first at Cherry Hills and first at East Lake, And he didn't make the Ryder Cup that year. No, no. Because no. they had different cut-offs and different incre- uh, selection, whatever. Didn't make the Ryder Cup. And that was a lot of the reason why they started getting a scenario where they stopped the selection point way through the playoffs and then have more, um, more captain's picks. For that Horschel year. Last year, third at Ridgewood, third at Aronimink, and then second to Tiger Woods at Eastlake, didn't make the Ryder Cup. He's the kind, for me, Horschel, who could have a fantastic run over the next three tournaments and actually make the President's Cup team.
1: Yeah. He loves this time of year, doesn't he? There's a lot of angles pointing towards Billy Horschel this week for... As you say, you now given given the relative prices in this field, fifty to one is a little bit longer if you prefer to take fewer each way places. it's, it's far worse picks in that mid price range, I think.
0: There was another player and he was the last one off my list before I put my tips up, and you mentioned him off mic this morning that you think's gonna go very well. Do you want to mention his name?
1: It was Corey Connors. No,
0: no, 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 no. In that forty to fifty <laughs> to one range. <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, which one are you talking about oh, Tony Fee now Tony Fee now yeah he yeah, it, could sneak into a place couldn't he he's been backed in as well I can see that just while we've been on air he's, uh, he's, he's been generally backed in from 50s to 45s probably go from 40 to 1 um, yeah he's it, likely to be a, a strong DraftKings play for me I thought T- Tony Um he he's out know, as we said,
0: know. he's outside of the top eight in the qualification. He'll he'll want to finish the next couple of tournaments with a with a real lot of momentum to try and get in that presence. Well, he, I think he will get in there. He just seems to be he seems to be a little bit like we've we've titled them. Eh? He, we've said that Xander is Brooks kept light I think Tony's Brooks kept light as well. He just picks and chooses where he actually wants to play, and it tends to be the biggest tournaments. So these, you know, don't forget he was second in this tournament last year at uh, Ridgewood But he was in a kind of similar scenario. He just, uh, yeah. I don't know. With respect, the 3M Open just doesn't turn Tony on anymore. He just, if he's going to give it his all, it has to be in like a major WGC or one of these FedEx Cup events. Don't you think? Hmm. I think there's a lot of good things to say about him. I really do this week. I think uh, I think at his price point, he's looking excellent. Now, if we look further down the market, if we look further down the market poll, are there any players there that uh, you're looking at in particular in terms of uh, players at triple digits potentially?
1: Yeah, um Two players that I've backed longer prizes. Jason Kokrak, um, 100 to 1. 66 to 1 in spots. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a little bit of 100 to 1 out there if you look around. 18th for Strokes Gain tee to Green. Um, that stat that we looked at earlier, which um, clearly is a good correlation for this track, I think. Five cuts from six made in this event. Um, seventh in. Twenty sixteen, Beth Page ninth here at Liberty National in twenty thirteen as well. So some, some course form to uh, to go on as well. And you remember back earlier in this season, Steve, he was going off at some silly prices. Um, he was going off at some silly prices earlier this year, wasn't he? Uh, ninth at the Honda, um, tenth at the Arnold Palmer, second at the Valspar Championship as well, and um, mm-hmm. seventh at the Texas Open and. You know, he's been off the boil a little bit since that point. But um, for the Wyndham last week was a big personal best for him um, at that particular um, event. First for total drive and seventh for ball strike in that week as well. So some decent stuff that's uh, starting to come through his, through his game. Um, one thing you noted with, with him last week as well, he putted well too. So uh, some decent stuff coming out of Kokrak. Uh, 68 to close at the Open Championship. Um, finished thirty second there that week. Uh, sixty four and sixty four last week. Um, at the uh, at the Windham as well. So some decent, so decent form. He did finish overall.
0: particularly well, didn't he, at the Open Championship.